Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about soy and your thyroid and really whether or not you should be consuming soy if you have a thyroid problem. Now there's a lot, there's a lot of controversy surrounding soy, whether or not it's harmful for your thyroid, whether or not it's harmful for your health in general, the beneficial effects of soy, um, the impact that it has on potentially reducing can certain cancers and heart disease and so on, osteoporosis and so on. Tons of studies that show that maybe it's helpful, tons of studies that show that maybe it isn't helpful, and then a handful of studies which show that it is potentially harmful. Now this has led to a lot of confusion, so I want to kind of talk about this, but specifically in the context of thyroid patients because that's really what we're worried about here. Now my general opinion is that soy is probably best avoided if you have a thyroid condition, and I'm going to lay out why in, for, in three reasons, really, um, why it's probably a good idea to avoid soy for most thyroid patients. But as always, your mileage may vary. It may very well be the case that soy is good in your body, but may perhaps not for the majority of thyroid patients. And I'll explain, kind of, I'll explain why as we go here. So there are three main reasons why I'm not super thrilled about soy products for thyroid patients. The first has to do with its effect on estrogen. So soy is known to have an estrogenic effect on, on um, cells which are sensitive to estrogen in your body. Now, all that that means is that there's a certain part of the soy um, compound which can trigger an estrogen receptor inside of the body, and it kind of tricks your body into thinking that it is an estrogen that's impacting it when it really isn't, okay? Now, this can have some potentially positive side effects, such as a reduction in cardiovascular disease and a reduction in um, osteoporosis, right? Because estrogen is one of the most... Um, uh, meaningful hormones, which impacts those those systems. And so when you have a reduction in estrogen, you tend, women tend to develop heart disease. They tend to develop osteoporosis, right? That's why things like bioidentical hormones can be used to treat these conditions. Okay. So that's on one side of the coin. Now on the other side of the coin, if you are somebody who already has excessive amounts of estrogen inside of your body, like thyroid patients tend to have, and now you are further stimulating that estrogen receptor, instead of having the potential to do good, I think it tips the scale into having the potential to cause more harm and more damage because you're at that point, you're just having excessive estrogen production beyond what you actually need. Okay. So that estrogenic um, activity is important. Now in certain states, especially those people who have hypothyroidism, there are certain states in the body in which estrogen is already um, at a higher level than it should be naturally. And one of those states includes being overweight. So just having excessive fat on your body, remember fat is really a hormone, uh, or it's not a hormone, but it's a hormone receptive tissue, which means that it interacts with other hormones inside of your body. And one of the things that fat can do is it can actually take certain hormones and turn them into um, uh, estrogen-like compounds. So if you have extra body fat on, in your body or around your body, it may be doing this all the time while you're sitting here um, talking, while you're sitting here listening to this, um, and while you're moving around throughout your day. Okay, so what that means is those people who have ex excessive body fat on them, they already have at baseline more estrogen than they should normally because of this conversion process. So if you take somebody, especially a thyroid patient, and thyroid patients, remember, already struggle with obesity and already struggle with being overweight at, to begin with, they already have excessive amounts of estrogen floating around their, in their body. Now you add soy on top of that, they're getting overstimulation of that estrogen receptor, and now they're having estrogen levels to uh, increase to a level where it may cause problems and may exacerbate um, estrogen dominance-like symptoms and conditions which are associated with high estrogen levels. So that's number one. Number two is that there's no disputing the fact that soy has what's called an, a goitrogenic effect on thyroid function. Now, when you look inside um, uh, of the thyroid gland and you take soy and you dump it inside of the thyroid cell, it does have some impact on a, an enzyme called thyroid peroxidase. Okay, so there's this theoretical way that your 
um, that soy may be impacting thyroid function, but it doesn't look like when you consume soy by mouth outside of just you know dumping inside of a cell, it doesn't look like when you take it by mouth, it impacts thyroid peroxidase inside the cell. But what we do know is that it has a goitrogenic effect. And what that means is that it blocks the uptake of iodine into the thyroid gland. Now, the amount that it does this is probably negligible for most people, provided they are consuming enough iodine. But you have to keep this in mind in the greater context of what thyroid patients are thinking about iodine. And the greater context is that most thyroid patients are already kind of afraid or they have an irrational fear of, a, of iodine and therefore they avoid it. So if you are consuming soy, and it's blocking what little iodine you're getting, then it may actually cause a sufficient blockade of iodine to cause hypothyroidism and cause a problem in the right setting. Now, does this mean that every single person um, who is consuming soy products will have this goitrogenic effect and will result in low thyroid function because they can't get iodine into their thyroid gland? No, probably not. But if you are somebody who is avoiding iodine, you have to keep that in mind. And since a lot of thyroid patients, especially those who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, they are already avoiding iodine at baseline because they're afraid of it. So if their levels are already low and they're consuming soy, that person is going to be more affected by soy than the person who is taking iodine supplements because that blockade, remember, is dose dependent. So if you're consuming a small amount of soy, um, and you're consuming a lot of iodine, well, it's gonna have no effect on you. But if you're consuming a lot of soy and a small amount of iodine, then it actually might be, the levels might be sufficient to where it's actually blocking the uptake of iodine into the thyroid gland, which may limit your capacity pr to produce thyroid hormone. So it may, in certain cases, and in certain individuals, iodine um, uh, consumption dependent, it may impact them in a negative way. So do keep that in mind um, as you're considering whether or not soy is worth it for you. Now, number three, the other reason which I am not a huge fan of soy is because it is heavily processed. So one of the most beneficial ingredients inside soy is what's called a soy isoflavone. And that is sort of the, 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 the ingredient which everybody is attributing to all the benefits that soy has. But since 90% of soy products are heavily processed and genetically modified, that processing removes that beneficial ingredient by a significant margin. So if you're consuming the generic, you know, the majority of the soy products, which most people are, they're not even getting the beneficial ingredient, which they think they're getting, which soy tends to contain, right? Unless they are, they are consuming a product which is not heavily processed and which probably has to be organic. So because the vast majority of soy products are heavily processed, they're genetically modified, they probably don't contain the positive ingredients and, and the ingredient or the, uh, the components which have the beneficial effects that most people desire from soy, they're probably not getting it for that reason. Right now, is there a situation in which you can consume soy if you have a thyroid problem? And I would say the answer is probably yes, but that's something that you're going to have to come to on your own through trial and error. You're gonna have to try some soy products, see how you feel. You have to pay attention to your thyroid lab test through to thyroid function, to how you are feeling and determine if it's worth it or not for you to con consume that soy. What I would say for sure is that you should absolutely be avoiding heavily processed versions of soy, right? So you know, just don't consume those um, by itself. If you do decide to consume soy, make sure that you are also getting enough iodine either through your diet or through supplements. And number three, if you decide to, to consume soy, I would highly recommend that you're not consuming it in a state if you already have conditions which um, indicate you have excessive estrogen inside of your body. So that's kind of how I'm, I've wrapped my head around the soy um, controversy as it comes to thyroid disease. And I think these are generally some pretty good rules to follow if you have thyroid conditions. So if you have any questions, let me know, leave them in the comments below. And otherwise that's all I have for you guys. So I'll see you in the next one.